I'm I'm still thinking about I'm still bugging on the cat. <laughs> My cat? I'm still bugging on the hairless cat. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. So Abdul, this is hilarious because when I picked him up yesterday from the groomer, I was like, this is, my cat looks hilarious. Like he was just like, I'm done. Take me home. I'm done. You know? (laughs) So I posted some pictures on Facebook and people were like worried, like Justine, like, what did you do to your cat? Like, this is horrible. I'm like, people, it's just a haircut. Like it's, he's fine. Exactly. Like you guys, he's totally fine. Yeah. It it was, (laughs) I imagine he had this look like, I really hate you right now. Mm-hmm. And then do you, <laughs> do you know cold. what I did? I know, poor baby. Then you, this, this is hilarious. So like they have these things called nail caps. Like you can get like little caps on, like put on their nails. Yeah. So I got him some glittery, some glittery blue ones. It's just, it's just the cutest little thing. You did not see. I did. What you Abdul. doing to the, to, 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 <laughs> oh, kitty cat. Po, 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 kitty cat. <laughs> Winston, he's uh, spoiled, the little kiddo. Love it. Well, apparently, with glittery <laughs> nail stuff. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Greetings and what's good, everybody? Welcome to the Christian Soldier Podcast, a social justice, faith minded podcast featuring three friends from across the diaspora exploring life at the intersection of race, ethnicity, gender, culture, politics, and basically living while black. I'm Abdullah Muhammad. And I'm Justina Kinney. And we are just three POC in the cornfield, living life, loving Jesus, and fighting the good fight in these rough and tumble podcast streets. Welcome back, soldiers. How's everybody doing? Um, What's good? And once again, y'all, happy 2021. as we record this, we're almost already through the month of January. So I feel like this year is going to go by really quick, but I hope it doesn't go by too quickly. Right. But, um, once again, I'm Abdullah and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at that dude Dilla and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Christian soldier S O U L J A H. So Jay, where can people find you on the socials? Y'all, you can find me on Facebook, and my name is Tina. That's my first name. My last name is Akini, A-K-I-N, for Nigeria, Y-I. And y'all, so as we mentioned, as we mentioned in the last episode, Andres, whom we miss so much, he's taking a bit of a sabbatical, so it's going to be just Abdul and I holding down the fort today uh, until Andres gets back. Andres, we miss you, bro, and we love you. So, soldiers, as you all know, we are not shy in discussing real stuff on our podcast, okay? And we do not do this to be controversial or provocative. We do it because these are discussions that people are having every day. And these are conversations that we ourselves are having with one another, with our families, with our friends, with our children, with our spouses. So, as always... We just want to keep it real on this podcast, and we desire to invite you into our virtual living room. And as always, part of what we're seeking to do on our podcast is to give you another perspective, right? So kind of to challenge you, to stretch you, and to maybe open your eyes to something that you previously did not know about. 
And so we want to champion fulfillment, authenticity, and wholeness, not necessarily in a generic sense, but in a way that addresses real considerations in the lives of our listeners and our soldiers. As we mentioned in our last episode on church hunting while Black, we want to play whatever role we can in helping our listeners experience their full, authentic selves. And we are going to do that today. So, Abdul, what's today's track on the Christian Soldier Mixtape? All right. So, today's track, today's banger, today's <laughs> joint is, it comes from the 90s hip-hop group, Black Sheep. And the, and the name of the song is called The Choice Is Yours. So, if you remember that song, it's you can get with this or you can get with that. You can get mm-hmm. with this or you can get with that, right? It's Black Sheep, The Choice Is Yours, subtitled This or That. and The reason why we chose the title track for this episode to be that song is because we are going to tackle the very real conversation of interracial relationships. Y'all, Abdul, I think we just opened a can of worms. We opened up a whole can and a half of worms. Now, now, and and this is just us too, right? So if this were kind of different groups of people, the conversation might be crazy different, right? Mm-hmm. So, so me with some of the fellas might be different than you with some of your girlfriends. Yes, uh, y'all. Company, right? But, but we're gonna do what we can to really kind of to go in a bit on this on this topic. Um, mm-hmm. And really, we wanted to do this episode really for for uh, like four reasons. Okay, mm-hmm. and so at least for me, right? Um, the first one is. Because as you, if if you follow the podcast, you know that both Andres and I are married interracially, right? Um, my wife and I have been together um, since 1995. Gosh. Okay, <laughs> you guys, Abdul and Jean are literal couple goals. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh, I love that. Thank you, you guys are couple goals. <laughs> I love you all. And so this is the thing, you know, I live this and I have some things to say about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Second reason is people, there are lots of kind of maybe thoughts and myths and misconceptions or whatever about interracial dating. And so we'll just address it. Just a couple of those, right? Just a couple. Just a couple because, because we, we don't have a lot, a lot of time, right? Um, even though this is a long form podcast, we don't have that long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then also give you a little, just a little bit of kind of a theological um, justification of interracial dating and even kind of a critical race theory ish mm. justification or, or, or not defense, but explanation of it. Right. Um, and then the last thing is the, one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation is because I get asked a lot, this question, and it's some version of why are you married yeah. to someone who's not black or more specifically, like why, like how could you be married to a white woman? Yeah, you Abdul, me, you of all people, right? Me of all people, right? Me, me, just because, um, you know, like just growing up in a very pro-black, black nationalist household, and you know, me being just the kind of person that I am, and and my my love for my community, my love for my people, my love for my kinsmen in the flesh. How can you, dude, be married to somebody who's not black? It doesn't compute. 
And mm-hmm. so I get that question. I get it a little less often than I used to, but I get that question with, with a good amount of regularity. So interesting. Yeah. So anyway, those are kind of four reasons why we wanted to just kind of jump into that. Yes. Yes. Great, great reasons, Abdul. You know, and I think the one thing that I do want to add is because there's no denying, at least in the Midwest, in Iowa, interracial couples, relationships, dating, and marriages are becoming more and more normalized. And I think that's a good thing, right? Um, So we are surrounded by beautiful interracial couples. Uh, And so I think that this is a very relevant and a timely conversation to have, you know, as a podcast, we desire to equip you with the tools that can help you navigate and maneuver some of these real life situations that you might find yourself in. Right, right. So let's get into it. Let's just let's just rip the bandaid off, like take like duct tape, whoosh, right? Let's do this now. Listen, the first thing in this conversation that I want to say to listeners is, if you marry or are planning to marry, and you have the idea, which a lot of people do when they get married, because you know when we get married, many of us are just young and stupid, right? Just just keeping it funky. If you have the idea that love or conquer all you're not ready to be married. You're just not right. And how that relates to interracial relationships, right? Because we're not, we're not talking about just marriage specifically because a lot of, you know, just in relationships and being a couple, like you, you, you discover who you are, what you like, what you don't like, the things you will tolerate, if you like, don't like somebody to keep some messy kitchen, all those things you learn, right? And then you add mm. the, extra, the extra stuff of kind of cross-cultural things happening and right. cross-racial things happening in just regular dating stuff, right? So yeah. for the marriage part of this thing, you know, um, you know, like, a, so just like relationships are a minefield in general, right? And mm-hmm. so if you don't truly know yourself, and the baggage you're bringing into a relationship, mm. then you're going to just be bound to have an unhealthy relationship. And that gets magnified and multiplied in marriage. Yeah. And so dating a bit is different, right? Jean and I have been married or to, been together since 1995, like I said before. And so I know that the dating considerations of today are way different than they were back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I'm not claiming any kind of credibility to, to, to be a dating expert or any of that kind of stuff. You know, because Jean and I have been booed up for a minute. Yes. <laughs> so, so, but I'm just saying when it, when it does come to mm-hmm. interracial um, relationships, there, it can be a bit of a minefield, like I said. And so there's just some things you, that you need to be on the lookout for. So that's what I got. So let's start with just a, a little bit of addressing some of the basic myth, myths and perceptions, right? Mm-hmm. So. So Justine, when you, when you have, and maybe this is a question, maybe even two questions for you, but when you think about the idea of interracial dating um, and or marriage as say an immigrant person, right? How does that, you know, what's your perception of that? Like, what do you think about that? But then also um, uh, thinking about it, maybe in the context of, you know, a black woman, like not necessarily, not, not as a, 
as an American African American, but as an African American, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like an African American in the Barack Obama sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. So, mm -hmm. but um, but what are some myths and perceptions that you have had or have heard or been told mm -hmm. about interracial relationships? Mm -hmm. Ooh. Okay. So when I moved to America, I moved to America my junior year of high school, right? And now prior, prior to my high school here, in, I went to school in Minnesota. Prior to that, you guys, I went to an all-girls Catholic high school that was very conservative in Kenya, like super conservative. You could not even look at a guy, okay, and have feelings. Like that was like not allowed. Yo. Yeah, it was some crazy stuff, okay? Um, and so I feel like, my first introduction, kind of like my coming of age and like, um, you know, like the whole idea of dating and relationships was really around men that did not look like me. Mm. Okay. Because here I am, a young Kenyan girl. I moved from Kenya from an all-girls school. Then I'm being immersed in a school that was very white. The few students of color who are in my classes were mostly Asian. Okay, so uh, my junior year of high school and my senior year of high school, I was the only black person in all of my classes. And, you know, I think sometimes I look back on that experience and I think that kind of had a, uh, I think a pretty significant effect on who I began to deem as a potential mate for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, then, and I've shared this before in some of our earlier podcasts. I was actually trained to believe that black men are dangerous. You know, black men are not safe. Justine, you should not date African-American guys. So again, I feel like this whole idea of who is a safe potential mate for me was kind of already being wired at a very young age. Um, so I think that does impact how I view interracial interracial relationships as an African immigrant living in America. Um, then also, I also, um, I feel like I view different relationships differently. And Abdul, you know, like we've had conversations about this. When I see a black guy with a, with a white woman, <laughs> why? I, I don't know why I'm laughing. This sounds so bad. I don't know like why I'm laughing, I, but I'm laughing. <laughs> Is that nervous laughing? Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say this as a, I, I have some, some horrible beliefs. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get canceled for this. Uh -oh. No, go ahead. Just, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the deep end of the pool. Go ahead. Okay. So I think that sometimes there are people who will date interracially because they have ulterior motives. Okay. And I think part of how that has been um, portrayed is through media. You know, so when we think of like famous celebrities who've married interracially, um, yeah. So, do you, Abdul? Were you looking for like more specifics or? No, no. I just wanted to hear what, like, what, what your thoughts were. Like, just yes. when you think about the subject, what what pops into your mm -hmm. head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and because part of why I, I asked, you know, and when I think about like what you said, just about how you were thought, you know, to to see black men. First thing I yeah. thought was holy implicit bias, Batman. Right. <laughs> you know, like wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but man, it's and the, boy, that implicit bias game is is strong for it's for crazy. all of us in different reasons. 
Yeah. And but here's but a couple of a couple of the of the myths and and you know kind of perceptions. A couple that I want to address, for example, is because of how the narrative is around interracial relationships. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and and this may not be true for everyone, but I feel like that the myth is that most interracial relationships are black man, white woman. Yeah. You know, and I also feel like that's, that's been somewhat, maybe not in recent, in recent years, maybe the last couple of decades, but that's been, that's been the, the nightmare scenario that has been perpetuated. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's the whole, it's the whole black savage trope with Mm. the, with you know the 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 idealized white woman yeah. damsel in distress bit, and so that was used for so long to recruit members of the clan. It was Crazy. used in justification for why we shouldn't integrate schools. Mm-hmm. You know, it's used in a coded way to some extent, but it's used a little bit in the southern strategy, mm-hmm. like, like like the southern political strategy for how. Um, how the South is like solidly Republican and conservative, that mm-hmm. whole thing developed really in the modern era around issues of civil rights yeah. with, with the thing that drove the behavior being some of that, that stuff. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. It's not true. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. most people, the most people who date interracially are, it's not the black man, white woman combo. Mm-hmm. Right. So would you have a guess about what, what it is? That I would guess. Yeah. I would guess, I would guess, uh, Asian woman, white man. Bam. And you would be 100% correct. So according to Pew Research Center, right? So Pew says, um, when they look at marriage and these are just marriages, these aren't like relationships, right? So the dating stuff, I couldn't find any data on. Um, but for, for just marriages in the United States of the people who marry Asian women, marry someone who's not Asian. 36% 36% of the time. Wow. Most of the time they're white men. So more yeah. than one in three. Mm-hmm. Right? More than one in three Asian women marry a white marry, marry a non-Asian man in, in the United mm-hmm. States. Okay. But Latina women is 28%. Mm-hmm. They're the second highest group. Mm-hmm. Latino men are the third highest group at 26%. Wow. Okay, so 28% of the marriages, for example, of Latina women, mm-hmm. they are married interracially, is what mm-hmm. that means. Yeah. Um, Latino men, again, 26%. Black men are the fourth highest at 24%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and the lowest category of folks who marry interracially, according to, to the Pew Research Center, the first category is white women. 10% of the marriages of white women are married interracially, only 10%. Yeah. And for black women, it's 12%. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like every black man or whatever is, you know, whatever, but it's about one I, in four. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and that is just in general, like, that's not just saying like black men, that black men that are married to white women, you know? No, black men that are married, period. Interracially. Yeah. 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 So um, I didn't do too much of a deep dive on, on, on who they're married to and all that kind of stuff. Cause mm-hmm. that, that, that'd be a whole different kind of podcast, but yes, I wanted to, I wanted to just address that myth, Yeah, you know? So, um, another myth is dating or marrying cross-racially 
proves that you're not a racist. Oh my God. Eh. <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. Uh, Abdul. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it, that could actually highlight aspects of your racism more than anything else, I feel like, you know, or at least highlight some level of your subconscious racialization, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I think about um, the reason why I mentioned uh, critical race theory or CRT at the top of the podcast is because, you know, um, without going too far off tangent, there's four, there are four components of, of, of racism, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's internalized, there's individual, there's structural, and there's institutional, yeah. right? And so you could have a whole lot of internalized racial stuff, either feelings of superiority or inferiority that drive your, your thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, th- th- there could be implicit biases around there. Th- there mm-hmm. could be like sexual myths, all kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. You know, so. But dating and marrying somebody cross-racially does not prove that you're not racist. That would be like mm-hmm. me saying, hey, I'm married to a woman, to a woman, and I have a daughter. So I'm not sexist. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I don't consider myself a sexist. However, mm-hmm. however, me escaping like negatively patriarchal tendencies is really hard because that's our society that we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, so me, me, me displaying sexism in this or that or a third thing, yeah, is still is still possible even though I have a wife whom I adore and a daughter whom I adore. Mm-hmm. It's still possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And Abdul, do you know what's crazy? As I was kind of thinking about this podcast, and I hate to say this, but some of the most racially problematic things that have been said to me have been by white women that are married to black men and are raising black children. Speak on it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so again, y'all, like as Abdul said, you being married interracially, you dating interracially, you desiring to be with someone of a different ethnicity or a different culture does not absolve you of racial tendencies and viewpoints. And you have to be willing to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so I would love to actually see some Mm -hmm. data and maybe if we find some, we'll post it in the show notes, but I would love to see some data on, um, for example, my personal opinion mm-hmm. is in the United States, yeah. Asian women who date or marry white men, there's some implicit bias in there about something. Okay, you know? so I found a video. I found a video by an Asian guy. Okay. And he was addressing this very thing. What he say? We have to put it in the show notes too. Yes. What'd so he, he was. So he was essentially saying how there are uh, Asian women, and this probably applies to every ethnic group. There are Asian women who specifically will not date Asian men, and they will only strictly date white men. And obviously, they're pursuing a very specific type of white man. Uh-huh. You know, wealthy one who has connections. Yeah. Um. Right. You know, yeah. and I think that does point towards. First, some internalized racism that might be going on and some implicit uh-huh. bias. Yeah. Well. And, and the same thing is true. I mean, I, unfortunately, I know far too many brothers who aren't or have ever been checking for, 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 for black women. Mm-hmm. You know, 
like it's for me it just so happens that i married a person who was who was not black and it was white yeah that's what yeah. i fell in love with that wasn't because i felt like she was some beauty myth or some this or that or some or that you know i don't like black women or my mama and that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> you yep. know yeah um, so but i know because i've had those conversations with, with people that do telling me yeah i don't, I don't date black women Mm-hmm. And they got some really whacked out reasons for why. So, so, and so I'm not saying that everyone, obviously, who dates interracially is doing it for some kind of nefarious yeah, or, exactly. or reason. I'm just saying that, that those things exist. Mm-hmm. And just because you're in an interracial, an interracial relationship, don't for a second think you're above it. Mm-hmm. That's all yeah. I'm saying. You Absolutely. Know? And by the way, Abdul, that is another meat you know, like that's another like misconception that people have about interracial dating and marriage, that if you date outside your, uh, your ethnicity, uh-huh. oh, that you hate, you know, like, oh, like if I'm a black woman dating white men, oh, I hate black men, you know, or I yeah. hate my race. So yeah. again, that's, that's, that's another misbelief for sure. Yeah. Like I hate myself. I hate my mama. I hate my sisters. I hate my grandma yeah. and I want to be white. Yeah, no, Mm-mm. don't, don't, yeah, don't come at me mm-hmm. like that because you might catch a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Abdul loves his mom, and so do I. I love my mommy. So, yeah. and then, the, and then there's maybe one more kind of myth that I think about too. Maybe this isn't really a myth. This is more of a kind of a, like a naive take kind of a thing, and that mm-hmm. is, you know, the interracial couples have the same uh, public and the same social experiences as same race couples, right? Because, wow, yeah. because some people think, you know, and, you know, I don't want to build a straw man here. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying some people in, in some, nefi- in some um, you know, nebulous kind of a thing. Yeah. So I'll post an article uh, where I found some things about six myths of interracial couples. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of those myths was interracial couples have the same public and social experiences. Yeah. And oh, they and, don't. And they don't at all. And I've heard that from no. people. Like, okay, so what? So what? What's the difference? What's the big deal? What's the? Well, there's a lot of differences. Yeah. Because be, and why? Because cultures are different. You know, if you are in the United mm-hmm. States and you're two white people, mm-hmm. and one of you have grandparents or great grandparents that are Czech. And one of you have parents and grandparents that are Irish or English. Well, by this time, there's really is no difference because you've all mm-hmm. assimilated into quote Americanism. and you've become right. white. Yeah. However, if you go to Ireland, mm. right, and you have two quote people of European descent, aka white, and one is Irish, that and is one true. and one is Czech, or you know, one is Albanian or that Albanian is both Europe and Asian, but you get the point, right? Mm-hmm. But those cultural differences are significantly different than two white people in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, why wouldn't, why would you assume that those are the same thing? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and there were, so I mentioned Irish and Czech for a specific effect because my wife's family in their day, married interracially. My yeah. so my wife's maternal grandfather was Irish. Mm-hmm. The maternal grandmother was Czech, and that was a huge scandal when they got married. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, 
So anyway, yeah, they're, they're, they're different. Um, friends and family don't see, you know, that, you know, don't see their marriage an issue. Maybe some, maybe some do for me. Mm-hmm. my personal experience has been a little bit different. You know, on the one hand, early on, it was, you know, it was a little bit crazy, right? So my mm-hmm. family being, you know, nation of Islam, black mm-hmm. nationalist, black consciousness, blickety black, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the weekend I got married, a couple of my cousins was like, cousin, mm. knowing how we are and what we mm-hmm. think, about white people, how would you marry a white woman? Yeah. Like, whoa, okay. What did you say? Well, the short version of what I said, and I'll get to a little bit more maybe in the in, in longer in the podcast, but short version of what I said is that I didn't marry a white woman. Mm. I yeah. married the woman who I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Right? Now she happens she just to, happened be, to white. be white. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she happens to be white. I didn't marry her because she was white. Mm-hmm. And I actually did my own really some internal work to make sure that was the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So yeah. but um so that that's how it can be. And the theological justification for that is this, right? Well, the theological and even the sociological is this. There's no such thing as race to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Race is a what? A social construct, construct. a social and political and legal invention. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I was, was a guy who likes a girl. Yeah. That's what I was. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, my, my wife's family, you know, her, her, her grandpa disowned her, um, you know, her, some of her uncles and whatnot on, on her mother's side, you know, were those kind of, those kind of white folks that were smiley, smiley, and then say some mm-hmm. off color rem- remarks. Mm. You know, uh, so maybe um, Gene might get mad at me for, for, for going this personal. So I, I don't know, listeners, but I, this might give you some value. So my wife's sister married a Turkish man. Mm. Okay, so yeah, interracial relationship, yeah, mm-hmm. and how we would think about it, yes, yeah, right. So my white grandparents-in-law, the first time we all kind of had a family gathering, shakes my brother-in-law's hand. And says, you're always welcome here on the farm. What I got was nothing. What I got was some back chatter conversation that came to me in the form of my father-in-law the next day when my father-in-law's dad called him and said, it was in poor taste for Gene to bring that black boy to my farm. Mm, So we got that kind of stuff. That's real, y'all. This is real. (laughs) And then then we got stuff like my, my... so my, my, my nephew, you know, from my white sister-in-law and her Turkish husband, mm-hmm. um, you know, her, her son and my middle child are about the same age, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're at some in-laws at my, my wife's uncle's house or whatever. And um, she's taking the boys to the pool, you know, the golf course pool. They have a house on a golf course. And so she's taking the, the boys to the pool. One of the uncles responds about my half black, half white son mm-hmm. and my half white, half Turkish nephew, one of the uncles responds to my sister-in-law, hey, make sure that you bring back the purebred one. Or no, make sure you bring the right one back. We like the purebred ones around here. Talking oh my about goodness. my half Turkish nephew. 
So raising wow. children yeah. in an interracial situation is a really real thing mm-hmm. that one has to be prepared for. Exactly. So good. So good. So. And you know, Abdul, like as you're kind of talking about um, uh, how traditionally, you know, like you could be quote unquote white but you could still be in an interracial relationship with another white person. This kind of reminds me because back home, um, growing up, it was kind of taboo to marry someone from a different tribe. Right. So yeah. for me, like being Luo, like I, uh, like I, I just always knew I'm going to grow up and marry a Luo man. You know, I'm never going to marry someone of a different tribe, you know? So yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a very good um, yes. comparison there. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 um, I was trying to find, uh, a text because, you know, a friend of mine, I, I asked some friends, you know, Hey, so what are your thoughts mm-hmm. about interracial relationships? Right. And I wanted to yeah. kind of see what, what type of answers I got from folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people really did, felt like it was a bit of a hot potato. So nobody wanted to answer it. <laughs> yes. That's a so yeah. One. Yeah. A lot. Of, <laughs> A lot of folks saw the post, but not a lot of people <laughs> wanted to. Like, hey, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'll be over here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're so, on your own, Abdul. I know, right? So, so here's the thing. So, as we think about it, here's the second kind of question we were wanted to tackle in the podcast: is what kind of um, uh, so other than the myths, like what are some of the benefits and the blessings mm-hmm. of marrying cross culturally? Yeah. Or not just marriage. I keep saying marriage is my favorite reference, but of being cross-cultural relationships. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, so I'm not married and I'm also not married interracially, obviously. Um, <laughs> It'd be h- kind of um, hard to have the second without the first. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, okay. So as someone that is not married yet, when I think of marriage, I think of marriage as a crucible, you know, like it challenges you, you're stretched. Uh, it is kind of like this lifelong process of learning and unlearning um, a lot of maybe habits and tendencies that you have that are not Christ-like. And as Abdul mentioned before, I think when you're married cross-culturally, when you're married to someone of a different ethnicity and cultural background, that is kind of perhaps intensified in a few ways because now you're, you know, it's like you're having to unlearn, you know, like in addition to just unlearning kind of like your weird little habits and selfish tendencies, mm-hmm. you may be also having to unlearn some of your racism, you know, and you're having to unlearn um some of your false beliefs about other people's cultures and you're having to, um, I don't know, to kind of like implement a different perspective on even how you raise your kids and how you do their hair. You know, like if you're a white woman, you probably have to learn how to do curly hair, you know? (laughs) And so I just, I feel like there's kind of like a richness that happens when you do life consistently with someone from a different cultural background and someone who has had a different lived experience than you have. Mm. No, I, I think that's, that's on point. That's yeah, that's, that's certainly been my experience. I mean, so I, and I can't, again, you know, like we say listeners a lot on this podcast that our mm. social location is as Christians, right? So that's right. my worldview. That's my primary vantage point. Mm. Um, and so and so I can't help but see 
um, just the beauty of God's sovereignty in, mm-hmm. in how he puts mates together. Mm-hmm. And so um, the first benefit for me is, you know, not to sound like Jerry Maguire, but is I have a partner that completes me. Right. Like, like real talk. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and God's, God's funny, funny joke is that we are almost complete polar opposites in every way. Y'all are for real. <laughs> we, yes. we, we are nothing alike. We don't mm-hmm. really like a lot of the same stuff, <laughs> you know, like she's, she's an outdoor girl and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I could care less. <laughs> she wants to go camping and hiking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nah. Okay. So Gene and I can be besties because I'm all about that outdoor life. See? Yeah. And, and my daughter is very much her mother's, her, her mother's yes. child. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's so, you know, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the main thing is just that we are nothing alike, yeah. but, but we complete each other. It doesn't mm-hmm. cause, you know, friction and that kind of stuff. Now, you know, to be fair, when you're married and you're nothing alike and you're newly married, you really got to figure out how those things work. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can retreat into selfishness and 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 make the whole thing chaos. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so we have had, we've had the blessing of you know we've had some crazy, crazy, crazy years in our marriage, mm-hmm. but really they were never really crazy because of each other. Mm, it was they were crazy life. because of yeah. life and external things, right? Yeah. So yeah. the blessing of having a picture of how God sanctifies people mm-hmm. in their relationships, primarily yeah. in their marriage relationships, yeah. has been really dope for, for us. That's awesome. So, um, and, you know, the other benefit, as I said, you know, is even in our difference, I found a person who was my soulmate, mm-hmm. right? Now, could I have found a black woman? Mm-hmm. Of course I could have. Mm-hmm. Well, if you believe in soulmates, it wouldn't have mattered, right? Your soulmate yeah. is your soulmate. That, that, that person is who right. they are. Right. Yeah. So, but like I said before, I even struggled with the idea, the proposition of marrying somebody who wasn't black. You know, mm-hmm. talked to my grandmother about it. We had some conversations. I mean, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she basically was, boy, quit being foolish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gave mm-hmm. me some version of grandma's wisdom, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, but I mean, so I certainly could have, I could have found, you know, I've, I've, I, I don't know. She might beat me up for this too, <laughs> but dating, you know, well, I was like United Nations, you know, so I, <laughs> I you know, <laughs> I dated women of all ethnicities. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I like that Abdul. Yeah. That was just, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I, and I, I'm not going to justify it. You know, I'm. I'm just, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that I'm not the kind of person to shut myself off from opportunity, mm-hmm. you know? And right. so, and so now wh- while I say that, you know, there is sometimes a thing that you miss, you know, kind of not being married to like a kinsman in the flesh kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that we just can't get about each other, mm-hmm. but, but um, yeah, those those kind of things, if you are in a loving, committed relationship, 
those kind of things don't mean don't mean much. They just don't, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But and so yeah, I could have found a black woman, yeah. probably. Yeah. But the person I fell in love with yeah. was this girl who just knocked my socks off because she mm-hmm. she was an amazing human. Mm-hmm. And she was the first, you know, she was the first person that I'd ever truly deeply trusted. Mm. And for reasons that I won't get into, yeah. She she saved my life. Wow. So mm. my mm. wife is the bomb.com. She just is. She's great. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So in just a moment, we're going to finish more thoughts about interracial dating. But for now, we're going to take a little break and go over my favorite segment, which is the liner section. And this is where as soldiers, we take a reprieve from the discussion and give you a chance to process what we've discussed so far and talk about a song, a piece of art or culture, a book, or just anything in general that is feeding our spirits, inspiring us and giving us life. So Abdul, what's been giving you life lately? Well, okay. So first off, let me just say them real quick. If you're new to the podcast, if you don't know what liner notes are, and if you're a millennial and you never <laughs> bought an album, <laughs> yeah. Liner notes, well, okay, it, it's kind of coming back now, right? So with vinyl making a resurgence. Mm-hmm. So for, for, for vinyl and for cassettes and for CDs, you had all that paper and those foldouts, right? They had the, the, the track names, the song lyrics, and then a bunch of shout outs and that kind of stuff. Those were yeah. called liner notes, mm-hmm. right? So that's where we get the name from. So anyway, that was free. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but really, there is, there is uh, I think, two competing things. Well, there's three things that are giving me life today. One is the inauguration of the first female vice president, Kamala Harris. Yes. I'm not going to say anything else about that because we also recorded a podcast on it. So if you're listening to this, go back to the previous episode and listen to that too, because we did a riff on our thoughts on on the Kamala Harris inauguration, and we'd love for you to listen to that. So, yes. um, but in addition to that, there's two really big things that give me life lately. One of them is a movie on Amazon Prime called One Night in Miami. Hmm. Yeah. So it's about, uh, it's based on true events. So uh, I forget what year, 1965 or six or so. I, f- I forget when it was, but. In Miami, the night when Muhammad Ali won the heavyweight championship of the world, it's 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 about um, Jim Brown, who was who was a former um, who was a former Cleveland Browns uh, football player and a sports icon, one of the first black action heroes in movies, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So it's Jim Brown, it's Malcolm X, it's Muhammad Ali, and it's Sam Cooke. The night that Muhammad Ali won the championship, they hung out together, just the four of them, just, just, just as men. And the movie is amazing. Now, there's only one of them alive yet. The only yeah. one alive is Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. Sam Cooke's gone. Malcolm X is gone. Ali is gone. Yeah. Jim Brown's the only one alive. And none of them ever spoke about what happened that night. Wow. Jim Brown to this day hasn't. People ask him, None of your business. It's just us, you know. It's me and my brothers being brothers. But so the whole movie was 
based on the premise, uh, and it was a stage play, and then it was uh, directed by Regina King. Mm. Uh, so it's based on the premise of, I wonder what did happen in that, in that conversation. Yeah. And so the reason why it's giving me life is because it is a great picture. So many, so many times in Hollywood, mm. you, know, you don't see black men right. being brothers in an intimate sense. Yeah. You don't see black men talking about really like deep life things mm-hmm. and, and you know, like just we show brothers as, as, as one, one or two dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. And so you see all the different or a lot of different facets of these men's lives for Sam Cooke, for Malcolm, for Muhammad Ali and for Jim Brown. And so just like we have black girl magic, this was black boy magic. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and so, yeah, it was just, it, it, so that, that movie, I can say so much about it, but it was just, a, it was the first time I saw that intimate of a picture of the inner life of black men mm. in, in a way that was like, yeah, that, that rings true. That's awesome. When was the movie released? Just like last week. Oh my like gosh! Because I'm like, I haven't new. heard about this. It oh my just gosh. came out. So if you I'll got Amazon it Prime, it's free. If you got Amazon Prime, but otherwise you watch it for a couple of bucks for the rental. But yeah, it's 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 um one night in Miami. The other thing that's given me life is a documentary about about James Baldwin's life called The Price of the Ticket. Mm. Abdul, do you know that I love James Baldwin? Oh yes! Oh and God! Jimmy B is my guy. Oh. So I'm gonna have to loan you this, this this video. Oh, please do. Yeah. Yes. So maybe I'll feel more about that in, in another line in a future liner note segment. But yes. Yeah, that's what's giving me life right now. Ah, oh, that's awesome, man. How do I how do I even like top that list? That's awesome, Abdul. Okay, y'all. So for me, what's giving me life? Of course, today's inauguration. Love it. Representation, minorities, women of color. Loved it. The other thing, um, so one of my goals for this year has been to travel more. And you guys, listen, like if I could, if I could do this, my full-time job would be traveling the world. Okay, I'm like, I want to see every country and, and every place, every corner of this planet. Uh, so I'm currently in the process of planning a trip to Arizona. So I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, so if you've been to Arizona before and you know some cool spots, please send me a message on Facebook and tell me all the little secrets and all the fun things that I should do. But I'll give you a couple because Phoenix is kind of dope. Okay, so I'm going to be in Phoenix for a couple of days, but I've heard that uh, Scottsdale and Tucson are way more dope than Phoenix. That's exactly what I was going to suggest to you. Oh. <laughs> Even going to like north to Sonoma. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay, y'all, let's get back into it. So we left off talking about um, uh, what the, the, the benefits and blessings of interracial relationships and marriage. And so, um, and I mentioned a little bit about some of my experience, but then let's also talk about um, what challenges. And so and maybe this, might, this one might be more for me, I don't know, but what challenges um, I anticipated and what things kind of took me by surprise, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but, uh, Justine, I would ask you, I mean, you know, just, just knowing the couples that you do, mm-hmm. what challenges would you anticipate that would be yeah. challenges for interracial couples, either married or dating? 
Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to talk about dating first. Um, For me personally, like living in Iowa, I've, I've traditionally mostly dated white men. I think it's I'm assuming it's just because I live in Iowa and it, and that's just who pursues me. Um, the first thing that I never would have thought about is just the looks that you get. Like you could just be walking down the street and you get like the biggest stares. And I don't know if it has to do with the type of couple that you are, but just be prepared to get looked at. Um, uh, just some very weird and very uncomfortable looks. Uh, I would say the other one is, I think again like when you're when you're dating someone of a different culture there are just things about you that they might not intuitively understand you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like there are things that a black man might just understand about me you know like how i do my hair how yep. i talk yep that a white a white guy might not understand you know and i feel like when you are um in a dating relationship or when you're married to someone of a different ethnicity like those are things that you just have to be open to having conversations about. Um, okay, now when it comes to marriage, man, I think definitely kids, you need to have conversations about your children's experiences and what it means to grow up in a world where you are holding either two or more ethnicities or cultural backgrounds, um, how that might be viewed by their peers and their friends. Um. Oh, maybe also how the the world will perceive you, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so those would be the ones that come to mind at this moment. Yeah. So, and I think for me, it's kind of similar. Like there are, there are maybe one or two challenges that that, that I anticipated, but then there are mm-hmm. a few that just caught me totally by surprise. Just to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Right. So, um, one, a thing that I anticipated, I anticipated kind of having to give an answer for not marrying a black woman. Mm. You know, I, I really did. Um, so here's the thing. Here's why we named this episode, this or that, or the choice mm-hmm. is yours. Yeah. Okay. Here's, here's where that comes from. When I was in college, against the 1990s, right, this song was popping. You can get with this, so you can get with that. Yeah. Right? So we be at parties, and the black women, you know, it was mostly, you know, like, like sorority parties and black fraternity parties and everything. Mm-hmm. And we'd all just be in there doing our thing, dancing and, you know, just whatever, whatever. But if there were, if there were some white women in that party, which there mm-hmm. invariably was. It wasn't a whole lot, but there was enough for it to be uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Whenever that song came on, it was like every black woman in the joint would point at themselves and then point at the white women. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. Wow. So when I think about interracial dating, that memory is like burned yeah. into my brain. Wow. Right? Because it was. For lots of reasons that I can't speak to because I'm not a black woman. Yeah. It was a declarative statement mm. by those sisters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, so I didn't anticipate, I, mean, I, I anticipated having to give an answer for that, for mm. that reason. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so did you anticipate having to give this answer to black women or just to anyone in general? Uh, well, I think to black women, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, well, I think everyone in general, but then also to black women, because mm-hmm. there was a part of me, you know, because I love my black women, mm-hmm. right? It was a yeah. part of me that felt like, okay, what am I, I, am I, how am I somehow like cutting myself off from, or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, am I turning my back on the sisters or whatever, you know? So I, there was some of that thought process involved in that. And so. Yeah, so I I had to do some business with that like early, early, early on, you know, in, in my yeah. engagement and that kind of stuff, right? Um, but yeah, so I anticipated it, but not to the level th- that it happened. Yeah. Um, what I didn't, and, and especially like you know, if you're if you're like you know an activist and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, so I get asked a lot. <laughs> I get asked a lot in in when I do workshop work, right? Mm. And this goes into things that I didn't anticipate, right? So yes. one thing that I didn't anticipate was um, the loss of credibility mm. in black spaces by being with mm-hmm. a non-black person, specifically a white woman. Yeah. I completely did not see that coming. And honestly, I actually think that the pushback would have been significantly less if the non-black person I married was Latina. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't anticipate that at all. Um, I didn't anticipate, and this is kind of a beautiful thing. In our home, race is totally present mm-hmm. and completely invisible at the same time. So good. You know, and so, and so when I say race, what I mean is the idea of a different ethnic background mm-hmm. is totally present and completely invisible mm-hmm. at you the know? same time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see, you know, the woman sitting in the chair across from me as this white woman sitting in the chair across from me. Mm-hmm. I see the love of my life over sitting over there. Yeah. Right. I see my kids, not, not biracial kids. I see my mm-hmm. children, it's that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, and so, but we also realize that there that the way that we enter, encounter the world as a couple is just mm-hmm. different. It's different, yeah. Yeah. So, and then lastly, I also didn't anticipate, even though I kind of knew it was coming because folks said, well, what about the kids, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't really know or anticipate to the extent that it would impact my children's lives. Mm-hmm. Completely wasn't prepared for that. I mean, thinking about like my daughter being a biracial girl mm-hmm. and you know, them growing up in the suburbs and in primarily white spaces. Right. And, yeah. and, um, and other, other friends, kids, right. And when they get older, then they start telling us about their experiences, about what it was like to date or to not date. Mm-hmm. Because in a lot of these spaces, you know, black girls aren't like people aren't checking for the black girls. Yeah. You know, um, um. For, for, I mean, stuff like you know, we don't date black girls here. We don't like that wow. kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I so I remember. I remember I was talking to a group of middle school kids. Um, and I, I do that. I, I do it more less frequently now than I used to. But mm-hmm. um, and I mentioned some of those stories to some of the students. Mm-hmm. And after we were uh, we were talking to the students, 
you know, a handful, couple of handfuls of young black girls came up to me and yeah. said, and said, we heard, we hear the same stuff now, you know, because I was talking about how if you are a black boy or a biracial boy mm-hmm. in a space that is, you know, like, like largely white, for example. Yeah. Oh, you have plenty of dating options. Right. You know, if you're a black girl, mm-hmm. it's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And so they were, some of them in tears, like, yes, that happened to me. That happened to me last week and that kind of stuff. Right. And so my, oh, gosh. And, so, and so I did not anticipate how much that would impact my kids. Mm-hmm. My daughter mm-hmm. married a biracial man mm-hmm. specifically because she wanted to have a partner who knew what it felt like to be biracial. Yeah. You know? Um, she has her own stories and, and, and so she, you know the, her own situation, but like she would even say, like, okay, so that you know what it's like to be a black man. Mm-hmm. Mom knows what it's like to be a black a white woman, mm-hmm. but neither one of you know what it's like to be me. Yeah, you yeah. know. So I didn't anticipate those things mm-hmm. really at all, you know, or kind of the 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 things that my kids, like my black sons, mostly happened to my boys, um, would get when they are talking to their friends, you know? Mm-hmm. So some of their classmates and some of their friends and some of their teammates and their sports teams will just fling around the N-word with impunity, right? Wow. And then if our kids say, say something about it, they get some version of, well, we can say it around you and you don't really count because you're not really black. Yep. It's that kind of stuff. Oh my goodness. Right? Um, totally did not anticipate any of that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. Y'all, if you are someone who's desiring to marry interracially, as Abdul said, you need to do the the work and the preparation. It is not an easy commitment. Not definitely not an easy commitment. Yeah, not at all. So here's so that said, here's here's the the thing I want to kind of say. So, um. Let's talk about some things that we wish we knew, mm-hmm. right? So, um, in dating, what do you wish you knew that no one told you, or you kind of had to discover and stumble upon about dating cross culturally slash interracially? Ooh, um, you know, and and some of this is work that I'm doing right now because I don't know who I'm going to marry. You know, um, I could end up uh, marrying someone outside my ethnicity. I would say the one thing is, um, regardless of your ethnic identity, start doing the work now. You know, um, if you are a black woman, an Asian woman, an Asian guy, a white man, start doing the work now um, of unlearning your implicit bias, um, challenging any racially problematic beliefs that you have, not only does that um, begin to create a good foundation for your marriage, but I think it actually benefits you and benefits your spouse, right? It's just like when you're single, you're like, well, I'm going to pay off my loans. I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to you know, like I'm going to begin to do the work that allows me to go into my marriage being a little more healthy and a little more stable. Right. So I think definitely doing the work beforehand. I think secondly, and Abdul touched on this, if you are desiring to marry interracially, ask yourself why. Okay. And don't do this in kind of like a self-deprecating, like self-minimizing way, but just ask yourself, why do I desire to marry someone of a different ethnicity? You know, mm-hmm. 
do I, do I just desire to do that? Or is there some stuff going on there that I need to process through? So those are some of the things that I would um, say. Then I also think, yes, spending time, if, if you can, spend time with people that are married interracially. You know, so like I can honestly say like I've learned so much from Abdul and Jean. I've learned so much from Andres and Katie, you know, so just spending time with people that have lived through these things. Um, so that way you can learn. Yeah, that's, from good, them. Stuff. that's good. That's good. So for me, um, maybe there's a couple of things I really that I wish like big things that I wish I knew. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I knew the extent to which white people really want to be colorblind like mm. it's and maybe this one specifically isn't a relationship thing maybe but but and 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 i mentioned it because it's the thing that that my wife and i encountered with our friends and church folks and mm. just people people around us right but um i cannot tell you how many friends i've had over the years for whom I was their black friend, <laughs> you know, mm. um, I was their magical Negro. <laughs> you know wow. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so I didn't even know they saw me in that light until years and years later. Right. But because we were in those spaces just mm-hmm. as an interracial couple and, you know, whatever, like, right. um, I just didn't, I mean, I saw that in a bit of a different light that unfortunately I feel like so many white folks really, it's like a, like a, a psychological need. They really need to feel like they're colorblind, you know? Um, other thing is, is what I wish I knew. Actually, I'll say it this way. If, well, I want to mention why I don't recommend interracial marriages. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, the first piece of advice I give to folks considering interracial marriage is don't. Don't. Yeah. It's a very, very high likelihood that you're not ready. And the reason why you're not ready is this. I wish I knew, like I said, two big things I wish I knew. I wish I knew the extent to which I had been impacted by internalized racial stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I knew, um, particularly in my own internalized inferiority toward uh, not black individuals, but black people in general in collective black space and how I internalized the idea that white space was better. Mm. And so you felt like marrying a white woman would give you access to those spaces? Um, not really give me access to those spaces because I go anywhere I want. Right. But, yeah. but, but really, um, it was more of a it was more of a thing about and maybe this is like really kind of personal stuff, but um, it it definitely was was more of a thing of being kind of mm. uh, uh, special isn't the word I would give it, but for mm. lack of a better word, I, you know, I'd say being being not like the rest of of, of, my, of my other black people, right? Got it. Yeah. And so yeah. because sense. we're all like MLK talks about in his letter from a Birmingham jail when he talks about um, uh, his daughters and, you know, because they can't go to the fun land or the, uh, or the, the, the amusement park. He says, you know, I start to see these little clouds of inferiority begin to form in their little mental sky. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It is the, you know, Dr. Kenneth and Mamie Clark 
doing the doll study. Mm. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it's all the it's all the ways that we as black people are impacted by these internalized racial messages that says that we are less than. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I re- I had done some of that work, but I really didn't didn't get to the extent of that work until I was doing workshops. You know, yo, if I'm calling people to 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 do some stuff. I, I promise you, I am always doing my own work. So, so I would say most people aren't really truly ready to be that honest with themselves. And if you're not, then don't get interracially married, especially in the United States of America, because nobody escapes this whole racialization bit. So true. You got to figure out how you've been screwed over in the brain by all this stuff. Because if you have kids, you're going to bring kids into this madness. And then you will knowingly or unknowingly bring your bad pathologies onto them. Mm-hmm. That's so, so true. Ouch. Huh? So I could really go in on that, but I'm not going to for the sake of time, but just understand that that's a really, really significant thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think especially when you start thinking about kids, man. Mm. Yeah. 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 If you have kids and you believe white space is better and you yeah. don't know that you have that belief. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can put your babies into some weird stuff. Exactly. Man. Yeah. So. That's what I got, Jay. What about you? What else you got? Ooh, another one that I can think of. Um, you know, and I think this perhaps happens in marriages too. Um, when you are dating someone, okay, when you are a person of color, and okay, I'm just going to speak from my own experience, okay, because I've done this. Sometimes when I am, when I have dated white men in the past, I will see them do some things that are problematic or say some things that are problematic. And in my head, and, and I think this is so sad, but, you know, like I have to ask myself, okay, if I, if I bring this thing up, I could jeopardize this relationship, you know? And so I kind of have to live in the tension of, okay, do I, do I bring this up? Will this person even understand what I'm trying to oh, say? Wow. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think um, about that. And then if I do bring it up, this could begin to kind of chip away at this connection that we're already building. And I think um, when you're a person of color, especially women of color, because there's just so much intersectionality going on. You're a person of color and you're also a woman. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of having to weigh all these options. Yeah. So that is, that is something that I had never really quite thought about in the past, you know, but I think now that I'm a little older um, and a little more mature and secure in myself, um, ah, in any relationship, you want to bring up those things. I mean, and yes. not just in interracial relationships. I mean, just period. Like you want to be bringing up those things and saying, hey, 
what you just said is very problematic. So yeah, I want to give a very practical, right, right. I want to give a very practical example. One time I was, I was just walking, I think to like a restaurant, right. With this guy and we're dating. Um, and there was a guy in front of us and he had a very, uh, a different accent, right. You know, like we could tell that he was not American, you know, yep. but he was white, but he was not American. Um, then the guy that I was talking to said, yes, his accent is not normal. You know what I mean? Like his accent is not like your typical accent, right? Yeah. Now, remember, I'm Kenyan <laughs> and I don't have your quote unquote, ac- you know, like normal, normal yeah. accent. I was Abdul. I was offended. I was like, bruv. But you know yeah. what? I did. I did not bring it up. Yeah. I, I sucked it in. So and I was, those, you know, right. You know, like, and hey, so you can't. I can do that. But you can't say that. Exactly. Right. You know, and so it was just one of those moments where it's like, okay, like, do I, do I bring this up and potentially jeopardize this relationship? Will this person even understand what I'm trying to say here? Um, yeah, because then yeah. if he doesn't, then it either jeopardizes it or, or you got to become teacher all of a sudden. Exactly. Exactly. And you shouldn't be that in your relationships. Yep. <laughs> not in that way. That is not your job. Yeah. It's not your job to educate your spouse about racism. Yes. You know, and so I will say, I got lucky. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got lucky. Um, I kind of knew what I was doing, but I kind of didn't at all. You know, because mm-hmm. it it was important to me that 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 my partner have some kind of um, social consciousness and some kind of uh, critical conscious lens and equity lens. You know. And so my wife had that before she met me, she was already doing her own work, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And so we've had the benefit of Mm -hmm. having a lifetime of doing our own work together. Right. And, you know, part of what I loved about her and that attracted me to her was just the way that she thought about the world, Mm -hmm. you know? And how she noticed things, and, and she, I mean, she had a you know her mother in law's phenomenal, mm-hmm. and she she raised she raised three amazing daughters. Mm-hmm. You know? So I got lucky. <laughs> yes, but but yeah, if if like you you really really gotta know you know mm-hmm. um, because yeah you could end up being the teacher for somebody. You could end up. I mean, it it just can go it can go really sideways, right? And, and and then you're marrying someone's family, which I didn't even we haven't even gotten into yet, right? As far as that goes, with with you know people's families can be really kind of problematic mm-hmm. too, you mm-hmm. know. And, and this is on both ends, by the way, yes. y'all. Like this is every ethnicity can have very problematic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so yeah. So I I say as loudly as I possibly can. Do not get married interracially cross-culturally until you have done a lot of work because i really kind of believe that you it is either you're kind of a person who who thinks what's not going to matter and Mm -hmm. (laughs) right that's true yeah and you get rudely awakened and so if you think it's love will conquer everything conquer all that works in (laughs) disney movies and nowhere else Mm -hmm. you know um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's what we got. Don't do it until you're ready to do the work. 
and don't yeah. do it to don't do it to do the work. Do your work first. <laughs> do your work first. That's true. That's good. Yes, y'all do not do not get married because you're like, yep, I'm I'm going to get married so my spouse can teach me to not be racist. Okay? Yes. No, don't do that. Yes. And if you're thinking I'm going to get married because I know I'm not racist, time out, flag on the play. Mhm. <laughs> okay. Goodness. Yeah. Well, that does it for us for now. As always, if you like the show and the content, if you're encouraged or challenged by it, please rate the podcast, subscribe, share, and most importantly, drop that review. Um, it helps us show up in the podcast ratings. It helps folks join our community, and it helps us grow our, our, our thing we're doing here. We can always use more soldiers. Um, if you have any questions about anything we cover in the podcast, if y'all have questions about this one, you know, hey, why'd you say that? Or, you know, you know what's, what's, what's good with this? Yeah, drop us a line, you know, um, suggested episode ideas. Or you just want to reach out, become a member of our community on the Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Christian soldier or email us at hello at Christian soldier.com. So y'all, thanks again for listening. I'm Abdullah. And I'm Justine. Till next time, y'all, keep the faith. Peace. Amani. The Christian Soldier Podcast is brought to you by the Christian Soldier Collective, a Jesus-centered community dedicated to the pursuit of unity, cultural and ethnic conciliation, and social justice within the church. Theme song is The Ace by Ballpoint. The Christian Soldier Podcast is a production of the Christian Soldier Collective and Monarch Training and Development. Mm-hmm.